Buster Moody. I'm the artist on Task Force Rad Squad, and you're listening to 11 O'Clock Comics. Excellent. That's how it's done. Yep. Eventually. That's the no. That's the signal. The signal for fun. For fun. Jason, uh, while we were talking, we had a, a, a deep, introspective conversation on the the nature of the woohoo and what it means. <laughs> really? Yes. I'm sorry, I missed it. Well, if oh, you listen, listen to the you bonus content. I- yes. Uh, no. <laughs> but see if I tell you now, then and then everyone will hear it, and it's not special anymore. That's right. Yeah. But it's a it's a very metatextual. Metasexual? Metatech as well? Yeah. Sexual chocolate? Ah. Good lord. Yes. Two in a week, people. You are lucky. Praise Kirby. So lucky. Yep. I'm lucky. It's talk to you fools twice in one week. It's the best, right? I'm saying we do it every day. I would love to do this every day. Oh, that's a tear. We have a tear. I mean. (laughs) Well, maybe uh, we'll get Tomio to pony up some of that moldy money he's got. Just pull a couple out of a garbage bag in the hallway. And, he's and, truly the most interesting man in fandom. I, I love him. I don't instantly love people. I, you need to work your way into my heart. But Tomio, from true. the very beginning, was like, I love this guy. I don't know why. I don't want to know why, because by defining it, I'll probably cease to, uh, it'll cease to amaze me. So let's just, mm. yeah. Okay. Let's just love it. And we hope you love this, everybody, because guess what? It's 11 O'Clock Comics, episode 650. Jeebus. Glory B. And I am, I'm Vince B. Yeah, you are Vince B. See that? I am David A. Price. Yes, indeed you are. Sometimes my partner in crime because I'm Ricky Lawless. Oh, you're not Ricky Lawless. You're law-abiding Jason Wood, everybody. We're all here together. And uh, you don't have to eat a turnbuckle to get cheap comic books and graphic novels. All you got to do, I'm thinking George the Animal Steel, by the way. All you got to do is shimmy on over to DCBService.com. That's DCBService.com. And watch, witness the the wealth of savings right in front of your very eyes as those things scrolls. You're like, oh, my God, 40% off? Where else am I going to get that at that price? Nowhere. For example, from our folks at Rebellion, it's the best of 2000 AD number one with some guy named Alan Moore and Dan Abnett and uh, Jamie McKelvey and Colin McNeil, the best of the best. They're trying to entice you to read the monthly 2000 AD. It's a 12-issue series. I guess we can call it a maxi-series. It's a 12-issue maxi-series, 100 pages an issue. By the time it's done, they hope to convert you to the wonders of 2000 AD. I don't think it's going to be too hard to sell, but I hope it works for them. Uh, this issue's cover price is $4.99. For 100 pages, that is not bad, people. But, of course, you're smart, and you go to dcbservice.com, you are going to get it for 45% off that's two dollars and 74 cents when was the last time you paid under three dollars for a hundred page comic think about it as i move on that's very true right 
from Ad House, it's Kegor. It lives again. Matthew <laughs> Allison's seminal work. It defines the man. It makes us all happy. And now it has found an unholy home at Ad House, and we're all going to be the better for it. This is uh, a complete collection of the Cancor series with reworked uh, pages, rewritten some stuff. Dap is probably thinking Neil Adams, but no. Um, it's a 19.95 cover price. That's not bad. But yeah. you drag it on home for $13.97. <clears throat> Across the pond, our friends at Nobrow are serving up Gamayun Tales, Opa Gamayun style. No, it's Gamayun Tales, Volume 1 by Alexander Utkin. It is a fresh and modern adaptation of familiar Slavic folk tales. Cover won me over. Hope it will do the same to you. Again, same as the last. Nineteen ninety-five cover price, your price thirteen ninety-seven. Amazing savings. Discount comic book service, DCBService.com. Tiptoe your little fingers across the keyboard and go there, and you will be amazed at just how much you save. Oh, yeah. It, it's not really savings, because the money that you save, you inevitably channel into more books. So you're Definitely. getting a lot more for the amount that guys are paying for a quarter of the stack of what you're getting. Mm-hmm. It's a good thing. It's a great thing. Yeah, I think so. Ah, drink roll call. Uh, well, you sh- sounds like you took a my nice swig. White claw on tap, bitches. Oh shit! No, <laughs> I, no. That's the straight law. But you know what? It's close. It's it's law. very close. Oh, it is close. No, you're not drinking Corona. No, I'm not drinking Corona. I'm drinking Foster's Lager. That's not at all close. It's very thin. I like it, but it's 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 painfully thin. And I'm drinking mm-hmm. three. Of the big ass cans, I don't know how many ounces they are. Twenty four. So I got three twenty four ounce Fosters lined up. So okay. by the time the episode You'll winds up, I'm going to be a little stupid, more stupid, I should say. Mm-hmm. I'm always stupid. What you got, Jason? I got myself some pure leaf unsweetened black tea. Black tea. You better slow down, man. You're heading for. No, I know it's, mm-hmm. it's getting out of hand. It is an intervention soon. like 25th hour uh i went and got another bottle of the uh cassiero del diablo kind of fitting for tonight uh it's their cabernet moving on from chile uh 2018 and it is still hella tasty and once i finish this glass i have a nice bottle of water to chase look at that why you got to chase it? You should chase it with more of it. And then you I, could join me in Stupid Town. Maybe I will then, you know, because I wasn't, I, I kind of told myself one glass, but, you know, if. if Don't put limits on your fun. <laughs> we never do. No. We never do. Jason does. Uh, not true. It's very true. I can't eat that pizza. I can't have that Danish. Putting right. limits on it. But not when you're with us. But in right. in, in oh, normal yeah. regular life, you put. Dude, there have been times like where we have hung out with you, and you've been like, "Nope, I eat <clears throat> two hot dogs a day. That's all I do." That's a long time ago. Mm, not long ago. I got to do that again. I'm you're thinking back on that. I'm thinking I'm going to. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I'd like to lose about twenty. 
on fun things. I mean, then that sounds like you're going in the no fun zone. Yeah. Population, you too. But I would, uh, eh. ma- I would mask it. I would play it up and pretend that I'm not. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so you mean you lie to our audience? I would, for sake of appearances, sure, yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, bear, give me that bear claw. I want I'm an another person, one. So I, I am very honest too, but this Cinema is verite, they get this they is get. not the truth. This is fantasy land. Mm. The truth is the truth. A equals truth A, shall, as Mister Ditko. The truth shall set you free. That's right. All right. So, do we have any? Oh, we do have thank yous. Dap has a number of them. He's got millions and millions. Am I the only one with thank yous? Yes, uh, I think so. I don't have any. I think so. I don't think I have thank yous, but. I lost Maybe another friggin' package. Your thank yous all. Be reminded of some. I okay. think there's a conspiracy against me. I lost another package. No. Yeah. I and Maybe. it was from an Amazon marketplace seller. Oh wow. It it showed up in Harrisburg and it didn't leave the post office for like two weeks. Like, is there a, a is there a conspiracy against me or something? This is like the second package in in less than a month that I lost. Wow. Well, That's I didn't lose it. They see the name, like, oh, that's that guy. There must be comics in there. That guy. Fuckers. <sighs> but anyway. Oh, I um, finally have a um, a Black Series Star Wars figure. Uh, hey. Our good friend, Arnie. Arnie Shomashek, he, uh, he hit a couple of us up. Actually, he posted it in the um, EOC toy chest um that uh he had a couple of uh the mandalorian figures and i responded and i figured what the hell and it showed up and i'm still holding the box because i haven't had a chance to like sit down and like mess with the accessories one so i haven't opened it yet but it's going to be opened and it looks fantastic in the box but yeah i can't wait to um see what that's like uh does it come with the baby yoda no, because this this was before the baby Yoda was revealed. Oh, there was, I see. There was no Yiddle before this. This was I'm pretty sure this was solicited and offered before or or right when the series was coming out. They could. It was just like Groot in a pot. They couldn't show you baby Groot before the end of before you got to the part in, in Guardians of the Galaxy. So they couldn't tuck it under a flap that wasn't visible in the packaging or like oh, then people going to open it and say what the hell is this and spoil the surprise so the these came episode. out before the first episode aired i am pretty sure they did oh okay do not quote me but i am pretty sure they did they should give you a coupon oh to, to send in for the baby yes. it's like you know just like defiant right here's 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 six coupons <laughs> number one um i want to thank mr brian newberry for sending me a box of book and this Man. included the great darkness saga trade paperback um i've read very little batwoman even the rucka stuff but he sent me the two he sent me the two volumes the the hardcover volumes of um the uh, j.h williams the third and uh w hayden blackman's batwoman run with the when the new 52 started and I can finally now finish Jim Valentino's run on Guardians of the Galaxy because I have the three trades Guardians of the Galaxy by Jim Valentino. Jesus, how um, big was the box? It's, 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 it's yeah. Pounds. It's, I mean, you know, it's, it's good um, on him. But yeah, that, that was, that was that, um, 
I suffer from out of sight, out of mind, and I had the box next to me all day Monday when I was in my room moving shit around, and and I was like, okay, when we record tonight, I gotta have it, and I moved it before we started recording, and at that point, I was like, fuck, and and I completely blanked, and and I meant to thank him on on Monday, but um, so I'm thanking him now, making up for lost time, and then yesterday I get home, and there's a box that I definitely wasn't expecting. What was in the box? What was Mm. in the box? Uh, from CheapGraphicNovels.com was a note that said, hey, I believe the last time you talked about these, you said you didn't have any, so hopefully that's still the case. Please do enjoy. Signed, Max Beckman. And um, before we moved at our old house, there was something solicited, and and Vince was like, dude, you got to get it. You have to. Oh, he never says, dude. But he's like, you're going to order this. I know you're going to order this. You have to get it. I'm like, I can't because I can't have any more crap coming into the house. Yeah, but just, you know, you're going to sell the house. Eventually, you'll move. Just keep it in the box. Everything's fine. And I'm like, no. So I never ordered it. Never got it. And and they made three volumes of this. And now I can. So happy. I am now the proud owner of the three volumes of Starhawks. By Gil Kane. Nice. And Ron Goulart. And Archie Goodwin and Roger McKenzie. And it's it That's looks amazing. it looks fantastic. And I, I just I, I immediately sent him a message thanking him immensely. But I mean it's it's every strip it's its own page, so you get the nice size Kane art. I I know I've read a few strips here and there thanks to Amazing Heroes, but I've never read it with any consistency and and you know entire arcs what have you but uh yeah i can't wait to find time to just sit down and and go through chunks of uh of these books at a time it it's it's so gil kane but it it's yeah i um i'm really looking forward to it this was it was originally pitched and and made and then shelved because syndicates and newspapers weren't really interested and a little movie called star wars came out and and science fiction became a thing and uh the newspapers said hey there's there's probably a market for this now so um it uh it it started in 1977 uh it ended in 1981 so these three volumes are the complete um series and uh yeah i i just gotta thank max again so it's going to look awesome on my shelf you reminded me that I do, in fact, have a thank you from the very same Max. Nice. Yes, yes. Uh, Max was kind enough to send me uh, a graphic novel. And before I mention the name, it's just fascinating to me that in spite of our collective efforts to know everything that's available to buy each month, we do previews videos, we scour previews, we have a, a a budding network of people that that talk and tout different things. There's still awesome book that I completely don't even know exist in a given month. Yep. You just for some reason don't notice it, doesn't connect, and then oh, you're nice. like, "How did I miss this?" Well, Max said he thought of me because this book came out a few months ago, and he felt that no one in the uh, comics community was discussing it at all, and it baffled him, and he loved it, and he thought that it was something I would love. So it's from Boom, their Archaea imprint, and it is called Plate Tectonics, an illustrated memoir by... Yes! Yeah, you're familiar? No, yeah, it was it was in my previous video. I need to read it, but yeah, oh. I, I, I remember oh, you seeing ordered it. it. 
No, I didn't. I didn't. I stupidly, but um, oh, okay, I didn't make the budget. But I, because it came out first, it was a hardcover, and then uh, a couple months later, they they came out with a trade version of it, and I, I'm going to get it. I just haven't yet. Nice. Okay. Well, he sent me the hardcover. Uh, nice. And uh, yes, uh, it well, maybe we'll get into it later. I read it. It was. It was. I. He sent me the box. Well, it's in the box. I opened it, read the letter, sat down, read the book right within minutes of opening it. Uh, the package. Uh, it, it was. It was terrific. So I'll, I'll get into it in a bit. But uh, thank you, Max. It was very, very cool. And he's right. It's right up my alley. Perfect. Perfect kind of book for me. And I guess I need to watch your previous videos more often, Dad. <laughs> So that would, big, that that would imply, you know, you would watch. It means he has to start watching your previous yeah, videos. Yeah. yeah. He didn't say mine because he doesn't care. Dude, I have yours on in the back. Not you. I mean, no, I know. I know. But I I'm know you saying, watch them. Yeah. Well, I listen because I just, you just have the solicits up. So you I ever just, see the cartoon when the person's in the, in the battlefield and they're dying of thirst and they're looking for someone to save them and the dog comes up to them with the barrel around the neck? That, nice. that dog is Dap. That's the dap dog. <laughs> it's true. Uh, so what do we have, people? We have a couple of few things, I think. Yeah. Let's get into it. Should. Let's go deep. Deep, deep, deep undercover. Yeah, so don't all run I really them. want to hear Dap talk about how awesome Bad Boys was, but I guess we'll save that for later. <laughs> when are you going to see it? Don't know. I hope soon. I think I'm going solo, though. I think nobody else wants to see it. I'll, is there comics I, in the movie? I, I know. We'll see it. I, we wouldn't mind seeing it again in this way. You it know, should be a comic book movie. It's not. It's true. Someone should make a comic adaptation of it. It's that good. <laughs> well, it's bad boys <laughs> for life. <laughs> Lowry. <laughs> Michael Lowry. Michael Lowry. So, like, come on, comics. Let's, let's do it. Let's get it done. Yes. <laughs> Anyway. Yeah, if you're not going to run for it, I'm just going to steal the microphone. I'm, who are you speaking to? Both, who, who else am I speaking to? Both of you. Step up. Come on. Okay. Uh, I will start. Yes, you will. Because the, tonight it's all about celebrating some of our booze. Okay. For me, at least. That's my plan. <clears throat> um, Mr. Kelly Williams is someone that we met. Dap, I believe we met him. Our first heroes. Yes, our first heroes. He was tabling with Christian Sager with the uh, that awesome wolf cover of of their um, the trade of the. I can't, damn it, I'm blanking on the story because the cover always reminded me of the Nook. But um, yeah, right, we chatted right. with him and for we, a little bit. He we was were, next to actually Wachter too, I think. Yeah. Correct, because they were one. I believe they were years ago roommates. For and for yes, yes, he's yes. one of the few artists. From which we all own original art. Also true. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we we I would I would call I think we would call Kelly a friend. I have innumerable beautiful commissions from him over the years. He's a go-to, um, and he's a, a righteous dude. And he's also very much what I would call uh, an artist in waiting. Meaning that even though he's a, a, a working professional artist, I think it's fair to say that he's still waiting for his big break. Um. Not, not through any lack of attempts on his part, but, you know, the business is tough. It's sometimes, you know, you do a project, it doesn't get the press. Sometimes you, you do a project and the publisher or the, the money behind it flakes out, what have you. You know, he's, he's, he's done some things, but I feel as though his talent 
and capabilities have not yet been fully appreciated by the world. I think that's fair. So I hope that what I'm about to talk about changes that for him uh, because he's long overdue for this kind of career bump. And what I'm talking about is a book by Top Shelf. Remember Top Shelf? Everybody remember Top Shelf before they got acquired? Um, It was on, it was in my box this, it was in my DCBS shipment this week. And uh, it's it's a little graphic novel, novella called A Letter to Joe. J-O, not J-O-E. It's written by Joseph Siraki and Kelly handled all the art chores. Um, and it's a, a relatively straightforward thing. It is Joseph Siraki, the author, it, the writer, is uh, was in possession of some letters from his grandparents. Uh, and one particular very long letter was written by his grandfather, uh, Leonard, to his wife, Josephine, uh, while he was um, away during World War II. And uh, so basically what Joseph wanted to do was create uh, a graphic novel that told the story of this letter and their journey. And that's exactly what this is. So um, it starts before the war where Leonard, who is Polish, Polish-American, uh, meets Josephine, who's Italian-American, and uh, I'm sure many of you are out there old enough to realize that that, that was a, a little bit of an issue back then. Um, people wanted – parents preferred for their kids to marry within their culture, if you will. But love conquers all, and they fell in love and got married. Uh, but very, very shortly before, he had to go off to war. And he goes off to war, and it's uh, it, it's not atypical if you're at all familiar with war stories. It's not an atypical journey. Uh, he has moments of of great camaraderie. He has moments of outright hilarity and calm. And then, unfortunately, and 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 quite literally, he has a lot more moments of of harrowing danger and seeing a lot of people killing people and seeing a lot of other people being killed, including many people he becomes great friends with and brothers with. Uh, and it's it's just journey through the war, and then and then what ultimately leads to his exiting uh, the war campaign and coming home. Uh, and the cool thing about it is that uh, Joseph wanted to make sure that he didn't embellish uh, beyond what's in the letter. So um, so he took great pains to make sure that the story tells the story that we see on the page is the story from the letter. Uh, and all of this is fine and dandy, but gets back to Kelly, which is to say that uh, this is the longest form thing that I've seen Kelly do in a long time. And it's certainly a high profile book being that it's from top shelf. But the other thing is, is a lot of the stuff I've seen Kelly do before has been horror. He's an unabashed horror fan. Mm. Uh, Nothing wrong with that. Obviously we all read and love a lot of horror comics. Um, But this is not that this is a a period piece, a world war two love story. And I got to tell you, Kelly, to whatever extent, this was some kind of, um, you know, test of his of his aptitude he passed it with flying colors i thought this book was absolutely breathtaking visually um i think that the level of detail kelly puts in each page is absolutely stunning from the from detailed forest with 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 snow cover to uh trenches and uh, and and to to the machinery of war and the and the the gore of war um 
to it's just it's so wonderfully illustrative and his figure work he evokes such emotion uh whether it be watching a brother die in front of you or being reunited with a lost loved one uh it's just a tour de force of everything a great comic book illustrator needs to be able to do right which is great detail uh know when to show restraint when not to uh, how to convey emotion motion symmetry all of it and um and and i you know i having been so familiar with kelly's work but but really frankly more in a um static state right like like i've i've seen a lot more kelly williams commissions and than i have kelly williams sequentials and I really think that he is directly in a, that school of camp that along with like Matt Kent and like Tyler Jenkins. Like I think for those of you that aren't familiar with Kelly's artwork, if you picture Tyler Jenkins and Matt Kent and Kelly sitting in a, in a room making art together, he would fit right in with the other two. Um, and a more just, detailed Lemire. That, that's great too. Yeah, absolutely yeah. right. That's why I didn't include Lemire because he's a little more abstract than those other guys. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was an absolute tour de force uh, visually. I thought that uh, the the story is 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 very it's touching because especially because it's true, but it's also relatively linear. I mean, this isn't a th- there's no great aha moments or twists or pl- it's it's just a straight story of his grandparents' love affair that persisted through war. So I. I and again, I don't want to say just meaning I don't want to diminish it, but but the story itself is relatively linear and not all that unfamiliar territory. If you're at all familiar with World War II or what it's like to be uh, sent off to war, but uh, but Kelly brings it to life, and um, I just I, I don't pay much attention anymore to the business side of comics, uh, and I'm very happy that I don't. But uh, so I don't know how the pre-orders for this were or whether this is selling well or had a lot of solicits, but I sure hope it had and. Uh, and regardless of that, I, I think that it's exciting to think that Kelly's going to have stacks of these at his con table because he does a lot of cons to be able to show off to people because I just don't see how uh, editors at other places can't look at this book and think this is a guy that I should put to work. So uh, huge, huge thumbs up to both Joseph and Kelly. I don't know Joseph personally, but um, but but absolutely, man. Kelly, if you're if you're listening to this, I, I, I salute you and I really hope that uh, that uh the, the level of, of detail and quality you put into this effort is uh, rewarded. Looks real good. Yeah, it really, it is. It's, it's, it's awesome work because look, and let, let's be blunt. There are lots of guys, well, men and women, people that we know on the con circuit that do great, con, that do great commissions and yet either aren't that hot at sequentials or don't even really do sequentials. Um, cause there are different things. I mean, Vince, you know, you teach yeah. art there. It's, it's, it's to be able to draw a still image is a, takes talent, but it's much different than to be able to, to tell a story sequentially. Hell yeah. Um, and, and I, you know, I don't, I think you could, you could be good at one and not the other. In fact, many people are. So this is, it's great to see Kelly show off that he's, he's, he's damn good at, uh, at actually being a storyteller. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. That's great. So props. So a little love for our, for our peoples tonight. A lot of them. A lot of our people's young. Yeah. yeah. What else? I hate dead air. Do you? I do. Um, I know the four. I have the fortieth issue sitting here waiting to be read. Fortieth. Um, I just yeah, because I just wanted because so, I read 
38 and 39 of, of Batman Beyond. I, I After the Rick Leonardi and Andy Parks illustrated arc, I stuck with it because um, the story Jurgens was telling still continued in. There was, 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 there's some things left dangling. Um, one of which was uh, Terry McGinnis, who is Batman in this future, um, was missing and has no memory of who he is because false face, when he takes over a person, it wipes them of their memories. So, um, they were able to, false face was done away with. And unfortunately, Terry was kind of lost in the ether. So he's, he's out there in, in Gotham city, um, kind of just surviving by his wits. Uh, no clue as to who he is or where he's from. Uh, although he does have a friend in, in air quotes, because, um, he's, he's kind of, he's basically living on the streets doing what he can to get by. And, uh, his, his cohort is doing the same. And she, she knows who she is. And, and she used to work for, um, for the company that, uh, that Wayne enterprises purchased powers. And, uh, she's got her own baggage and, and has an issue with Bruce Wayne and, and his company. And, um, so she goes in the, this whole story, nothing jogs Terry's memory or anything like that. So, so while they're doing that, um, there is still a, uh, a not so caped, but there is, there is a bat figure patrolling Gotham and, uh, it's a woman. And at first, Bruce thinks it's Barbara, who is, you know, a little younger than Bruce, but she's not of the age where she's going to put on a super suit and, and just start taking to to the night skies. Um, so they all get a good laugh about that. Terry's brother thinks it might be um, the woman they know, who is the former 10 from the Royal Flush Gang. Um, she says it isn't. And at the end of the 39th issue, Batwoman goes home to her base of operations, what have you, and, and unmasked, but we, the reader, don't get to see that. So, uh, we'll find out, I guess, I'll find out as soon as I read issue 40, who Batwoman actually is. But it's, it's, this, this arc is, uh, is illustrated, um, well, at least the first two issues were illustrated by, uh, Sean Chen and, um, Thanks by Sean Parsons. The 39th issue, the third part of this, is um, illustrated by Inaki Miranda. Uh, Chris Sotomayor's colorist on all of it. The um, the art is... Uh, Sean has a... I mean, I've been a fan of Sean since the Robotech days from back in the day with at, at, um, at Kamiko, and he... Um, I, I I'm used to his style and it's, and you can still tell it's, it's Sean in these first two issues. Um, Miranda's style is a little different, but is, is very fitting for, for the story, for the subject matter, uh, in this arc blight, um, returns and everybody thought blight was dead. Blight is a radioactive, uh, villain. And he, um, he is also related to powers research. And so, Terry's new friend uh, knows who Blight is and thought that Blight was dead. And um, so it's all going to come to a head and, and we'll 
see how things shake out as as this arc continues and concludes. But um, yeah, I like I said, I went with the last arc because if you're going to give me anything drawn penciled by Rick Leonardi and inked by Andy Parks, it's I don't care what the subject matter is. And and uh, kudos to Dan for telling a story where I could have very easily just finished the arc that my one of my favorite creative teams finished and moved on went about my business but um i i am a fan of the batman beyond universe loved the cartoon um so yeah I, i haven't been reading it since dc started it up again but uh i know the characters and to see to see them still living on in, in comic book form, but but for for Dan to tell a story with these characters and and to keep things kind of dangling a little bit, where I wanted to see where things were going and I wanted to see a resolution for Terry and um and then you know you hooked me with this who is a Batwoman then you know I I kind of yeah you're dangling in front of me I I'm I'm going to kind of follow that carrot so um you know props to all them but it's still a very enjoyable story i am um like i said uh, i'll read the 40th issue just to find out where things are going and i i I picked it up yesterday along with a couple other things um and didn't uh didn't get to read much because once i knew what we were going to be kind of leaning towards this evening i wanted to i I had to shift some things around but um yeah i uh i'm I'm still it would have been my new travels but yeah i i am still all in I'm Batman Beyond right now. I'm really enjoying the story. So it was, um, that's just to buy some time for Vince to finally talk about what he wants to talk about. Finally. What's that about? I know you're champing at the bit, bro. Well, that's coming later. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have another in the, uh, well, my much loved series, uh, from the treasury of British comics. And they should really start numbering these things so I can, shelve them you know in a nice little sequence but whatever um it's written by donnie avanel and illustrated by carlos cruz gonzalez who did uh dan dare and the phantom and uh the strips were originally uh published in 71 72 in the uh, british anthology thunder this book is called dr mesmer's revenge it's a self-contained, done-in-one that uh, collects all the Dr. Mesmer strips under one cover. And uh, it's pretty damn awesome and very, very ridiculous. Because Dr. Mesmer was an Egyptologist. And he's a stuffy little prick. Um, if you've ever played Skylanders, you know the character Chaos? The little bald guy with the the markings on his eyes and... Dr. Mesmer kind of looks like a grown-up chaos. Very thin, lanky, balding, um, very shrew-like. And uh, Dr. Mesmer lives in a quaint, quiet little British suburb. You know, you got your row houses and everything's all proper and and well-kept. And uh, nothing really stands out except for Dr. Mesmer's house, which is, it's set back from the road. Um, but it's fashioned like a giant pyramid, complete with giant cat 
guardians at the gate uh, and a massive stone pharaoh, the legs of which straddle his garage door. <laughs> the, the, the pharaoh's legs are on both sides of the garage door. It's a hidden garage door anyway. Um, and you can open the door by tweaking the, the foot, the big toe. You, you touch the big toe of the pharaoh and the garage door magically opens. Like that's the secret panel that opens the garage door. And um, turns out Mesmer has to go do something. He's got to leave the pyramid. So he beckons his assistant Sharif to, to diddle with the toe. But when you know it, there's three ne'er-do-wells observing from the shadows. And after Mesmer leaves... They go up to the toe and they tickle it and the door opens. And like Prince said, there's thieves in the temple. Uh, they enter Mesmer's home and they, they abscond with some very, very valuable Egyptian artifacts with the uh, hopes of, of selling them, fencing them. Um, so Mesmer returns and he's pissed. He's like, okay. My stuff is gone. What, what? So what does he do, right? Does he alert the authorities? No. He he just so happens to have a 5,000-year-old mummy in the other room. Um, and he does one impassioned plea to Ra. And what do you know it? Uh, Angor, the pharaoh, returns. The mummy's animated. And Mesmer asks the mummy. He doesn't tell the mummy because, remember, this is a pharaoh. Uh, you don't tell him what to do. You you ask him, and he 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 pleads with the mummy, please get my missing stuff, return these artifacts to me. And that's pretty much the bulk of this. The book is is Angor going out into what then was contemporary uh, British society and trying to get back these stolen uh, artifacts. But that's where the the uh the mundane well if a mummy in in british streets is mundane um that's where the 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 mundane ends because angor is not like traditional shambling mummies the dude has powers he can project arcane energies from his hand there's there's a, a sequence where a, a british bobby is is nearby and he goes and he shocks him or whatever and the guy goes down right um, he can turn intangible at will. He can walk through walls. A mummy Ooh. that can walk through freaking walls. That's like nice. that is cool. And there's a there's a number of set pieces in the the series. Uh, one of which takes place in a theater. The the thieves are holed up in the back of an abandoned theater. And wouldn't you know it? The last movie that was playing at this theater was a mummy film. And the the sequence escalates where one of the thieves has to divert attention away from what's going on. So he goes into the projection booth and he's like, oh, there's a film threaded. This is great. And he presses the button and the film starts up and it's obviously the mummy film. And, the, and Angor's there and he's looking at the screen from behind it and he walks through. I mean, if that's not meta, I don't know what is. He walks through the 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 screen in on top of the 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 stage a mummy coming out of a mummy film right but that's not where it doesn't end there there's a a, a part of the movie where anubis 
beckons to whoever was in the scene with him and Angor hears it and thinks Anubis is talking to him. It's really cool, right? Um, Angor's energies can also animate other mummies. It's like, what? Yeah, it's true. There's um, another little set piece that takes place in Mirk Abbey. And it just so happens that there's six other mummies <laughs> in Mirk Abbey. And um, the Angor's energies animate these once living pharaohs. And now there's not one, but seven mummies to contend with, right? Um, his energies can also animate weird objects like um the the thieves well one of the thieves because the other two are taken into custody the 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 sole remaining thief a thief takes the stuff to f a fence an antique shop right and so within the antique shop there's a giant taxidermied bear there's um a, a desiccated skeleton and the the energies animate the bear and the skeleton so you have a mummy fighting a skeleton and it's all wrapped around them it's awesome it's so cool um mesmer has his own little personal chariot that flies <laughs> he's he's tooling over the the british cityscape in a flying chariot with the mummy and sharif in the back seat and it's just it is so bizarre and silly but holy crap, I, I love it so much. And it's all in glorious Bronze Age black and white. The uh, Gonzalez's art is, uh, I immediately thought, okay, Valmeric. Looks a lot like Valmeric. Um, but there's some Jaime Brocal in here, some Angelo Torres. It's decidedly Bronze Age. Um Mr. Uh, Gonzalez would not be out of place within the pages of Creepy or Eerie in uh, in the mid seventies. He would fit perfectly because that's what his art uh, resembles: very, very deep, murky shadows, brilliant figure work. The mummies, amazing. But unlike some of the serials in Eerie, the mummy's a very well kept mummy. Like his bandages are not all hanging off and shit. He's a very dapper mummy. All the bandages are in place. Very good looking, very, very well groomed uh, as far as mummies go. But uh, during the story, you got to have a hero, right? You just can't, as the DC's Joker series uh, from the Bronze Age proved, you kind of tread water after a while when your main character is a villain. He can't win all the time, right? So there's a, uh, a foil for Dr. Mesmer in the form of Constable Tom Stone. An upright um, young man who smells foul play from the very beginning. And uh, his instincts turn out to be true, but in typical Three's Company style, nobody believes him. And things happen to him. And the, the mummy is almost revealed. He, almost, he sees it, but nobody else does. Like he, He's in the position to, to say, I told you so, there's the mummy. But something will happen where the mummy will, will, will walk through a wall and disappear. Or, you know, um, a diversion will happen somewhere else and takes eyes off where the mummy was. And, but that plays out very quickly. It, they don't drag that out for too long, thankfully. Because then the police inspector gets in on the deal. And I, it's just wonderful. I've read this entire book. It's like 100 and, 
2,800 and, you know, whatever pages. I read it with like this stupid grin on my face because it is so dumb, but it's so much fun. And it's right up my alley. You got a mummy walking around through walls. What? A mummy that walks through walls. That would have made Carlos films, you know, a hell of a lot better, I think. Um, <laughs> if you were a mummy that can walk through walls, where are you going to walk? Right? You're going into a dressing room or a bank or something. You know, you're not going to try and scare up. Egyptian artifacts, but um, Angor has a weakness. Yep. Uh, Constable Stone uh, was uh, paralyzed in one sequence, and he's put in a coffin, and he has to watch all the things that transpire around him, and and he gets out of it, and he grabs a statue. And when he touches some of the reanimated mummies with the statue, it's a statue of uh, Osiris, they immediately fall to the ground. So there's other things at work within this series that um, the the main the villain is not impervious. Let's just say it's wonderful. It's friggin' awesome, and it was it was the cheapness. I don't believe it was more than like fifteen bucks after discount. Dude, the art is lit, right? It's there's a limited edition hardcover. Right I know. There. I'm so pissed. And what's on the front of the co- the hardcover? Angor fighting the friggin' skeleton. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want it, but um, it was. I guess it was. It was super limited and uh, did not get my. And was never solicited through previews. The only thing that was offered was the uh, trade paperback collection, which is still a good deal. Oh yeah, this is where you're right. I mean, this is this could you could just this could be part of an EC collection. You wouldn't think twice. Yeah, it's great. It's but it's stupid as hell. And as the as the um, the strips progress, it gets even dumber. But it's it's silly fun. It's and this uh, is new, right? Like this isn't a, this isn't a reprint of an old thing, right? Oh no, this is very much a reprint. Yes, it came oh, out. It is. Oh, yeah, okay. it came out in the pages of Thunder. In uh, oh, you said that. Okay. Yeah, originally serialized in Lion and Thunder, they they merged two of their anthologies mm-hmm. um, from 16th October 1971 to 21st of October 1972. Wow. Um, and that encompasses, there's two annuals in the back too. Lion Annual 1973 and 74. But man, it's wonderful. It's yeah, just giddy, giddy, um, rollicking horror, uh, fun. And it's, it's, it's not very violent. There's, there's no explicit bloodshed. But this Lion and Thunder were produced for children. So there you go. It's, it's all ages. Uh, just creepy, creepy horror fun. It's great. That looks fantastic. Yeah, I love it. You got to keep your eye on 2000 AD because they they sneak these things or not a rebellion. Sorry, they sneak these things in the solicits, and you can sometimes miss them. I like to pinpoint them in my previews videos because a lot, of, like I said, a lot of people just gloss over. Oh, Judge Dread. There we go. It, yeah. uh, rebellions way more than Judge Dread. Yes. Yeah. Take it, someone. Well, you all know that uh, the other thing I want to talk about, and so I said it was a, a night of celebrating our booze. Um, back in 2011, a gentleman by the name of Jason Gonzalez, a.k.a. Jake Gonzo, published the first issue of his creator-owned book called La Mano del Destino. And we, I can't remember. Did 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 Gonzo reach out to us with the book? Did we? 
Did you discover it online, Vince? And then we connected with him. I don't remember how we connected with Gonzo. If it was um, him, do you remember? I'm not entirely sure. I th- uh, memory fails, but I, I think know. he posted um, preview images. Like he, I, he was either a member right. of the forum. I feel like or, it was something you noticed because you were like, yeah. oh, "This is great. It's like Lucha." And oh like, yeah. yeah, who doesn't love Lucha? Yeah, um, but, but but yeah. So so either way, we we connected with Gonzo uh, shortly after he released his first two issues, I believe, and uh, became friendly with him and have been friends with him ever since. And he has been making this book, uh, like I said, the first issue came out in July 2011. And the sixth and final issue, at least of the first arc, was published just this past October. So it took over eight years for Gonzo to complete his passion project. And some of you may be thinking like, well, wow, that's crazy. But but you have to understand something. Uh, this is a book... La Mano del Destino is a book that is uh, written, drawn, colored, designed, inked, lettered, everything by Gonzo. And Gonzo is, like many creators, um, not a professional full-time comic book creator. He has a family. He's got a job in advertising. Like, it's, it's, it's you know, he's not, and he's very public about this, so I'm not, I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. He's... He's not flush with cash, right? He's not like rolling in the dough. He's not swimming in a Uncle Scrooge's vault like Vince over here. Um, so he, uh, you know, so he's he's made about he's had basically been able to put out the book when he has the the money, and it takes some time to save up to put a new issue. But regardless of that, we have talked about lovingly uh, the comic as as the issues have come out over the years, and he's been gracious enough to provide them to us when they come out and and. We've had him on the show, so most of you, unless you're a new listener, should not be unfamiliar with Gonzo. In fact, we just talked about him last week because he was one of the two winners of our uh, 2020 logo competition. Um, but Gonzo sent us the sixth and final issue um, back a few months ago in October when it came out, and we all just didn't uh, talk about it. And it wasn't that we weren't excited by it or didn't want to talk about it but um because the book has come out so relatively infrequently we have all the issues but i think for all of us we our issues are buried i mean they're they're in different long boxes and it's uh it would it's it it's going to take a minute to to collate them so gonzo heard us discussing that uh last week on the show and he was kind enough to send us uh digital review copies of the first uh, of the issues so that we could reread the series so that we could then jump into uh, issue number six. And, uh, and I did so, and I got to, first of all, give him a golf clap and say that, that it, you know, eight years is a long time to wait for him. I'm sure it was very exciting to finish it. And he stuck the landing. Um, now I'm not going to talk about how it ends. Cause I want you all to enjoy the book. Uh, I will say that, um, he he self published it, so the easiest way to get copies, um, frankly, is going to be to see him at a con. Uh, that's going to be the best way because he'll have the copies and you can buy them. But if you don't go to a con where he'll be in attendance and you want to get them online, uh, he does have copies available on his website. If you just uh, if you just Google La Mano del Destino, it'll pull up his his website. There's a store there. But full disclosure, we were talking about this on the on the uh, Facebook group today. Um, because of the company that he uses to distribute his work, 
I think the shipping's a little wonky, so it's going to be quite expensive to ship all six issues. He's working on a solve for that, but so for now, I think your best bet will be to uh, either get them from him directly or to uh, very soon. I think we'll be we'll be seeing a collected edition of the book now that it's complete. Uh, whether it be a Kickstarter or through a publisher remains to be seen, but certainly the work is quality enough that it should have, I'm sure should have publishers interested in, in, in putting a collection in print. But um, what is it about? Well, it is, um, it is a love letter to a lot of the things that Gonzo cares about. He is a Mexican American and he felt um, he grew up, uh, he's about our age. He's in his mid forties. He grew up, um, loving comic books, loving superheroes, and also loving Lucha, uh, because for him, it, they were also like superheroes, you know, these masked, these masked warriors. And so, um, I think he, he wanted to, he wanted to create a book that paid homage to Lucha Libre, but also to, to Mexican culture, because, um, from his perspective, and I think a lot of people of, of, uh, Mexican American descent, um, all too often, the portrayal of Mexicans in media is often comedic or uh, stereotypical, and he wanted to to have a little bit more of an empowering, true look at, at Mexican culture. So the book is a love letter to Lucha Libre. It's a love letter to Mexican culture. Uh, it is a love letter to Jack Kirby. If you all are not familiar with Gonzo's art stylings, it's very Kirby-esque, very exaggerated figures, uh, exaggerated movements, larger-than-life characters. Um it's uh it it's it's also got a bit of of mysticism to it. And then the the thing I think that makes the book so special is there's a design aesthetic to it that is absolutely top-notch. The book has a matte finish. It has a mod design. The book is set in the 60s and and it's got like this ultra mod vibe in terms of the furniture and the buildings and the clothes. It's got this super cool, not meaning cool as in like I like it, but cool as in temperature, cool color palette of pastels and very, very, um, uh, you know, very like primary colors, but on yeah. the cool side of each color. That's my uh, favorite part of it. Right. Yeah. The coloring. Yeah. Is phenomenal. The, the palette's amazing. The magenta and the lime green, mm-hmm. the, yep. and the, the way the black looks flat. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. yep. And it is it, at, at its heart. It's a it's a relatively simple story, but there's a there's a there's a beauty in, in terms of the level of detail he puts into it. In essence, it's a story of I mean, Lamano del Destino is the name of a luchador, and we find out in the first issue in a prologue that he was once uh, he wrestled under a different name, and he was embarrassingly he he was asked he was undefeated and the world champion. He was asked by a mobster to uh, El Jefe to take a dive and he wouldn't do it. So as a result, El Jefe had a bunch of, uh, of cronies in the ring, um, beat him up and unmask him. And for those of you that aren't familiar with, with, with Lucha Libre wrestling lore, the idea of being unmasked is akin to being ultimately defeated and embarrassed and, and, uh, um, emasculated. Uh, you never, ever, these Lucha, Luchas were never to lose their mask. They were basically at the end of their career. So in this world, he's he's unmasked and essentially uh, loses all of his 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 pride and his his sense of worth. And at his lowest point, he is approached by a mysterious figure who offers to uh, help him recraft himself with a new identity and and an act of revenge against El Jefe and all of the uh, people in El Jefe's gang. 
Uh, and this is very much in the tone of uh, the old scratch model, right? The, the the devil when he approaches you with a bargain you can't refuse and wants your soul in return. And Gonzo, for a lot of the series, leads us to believe that this 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 shrouded figure in darkness that has this unbreakable deal is 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 the devil. Um, but we do find out over the course of the book that he's in fact not the devil. Uh, and then from there, we 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 follow along as as Lamano goes on his quest for. Uh, redemption. He's he's quickly uh, introduced to a um, like a poly uh, or a uh, uh, you know a trainer. Um, I'm trying. What's the name of uh, Rocky's trainer? Um, Mickey. Mickey. Thank you. Yeah, I had a brain fart. Yeah, he's like his his version of Mickey. Um, uh, his name is Gennaro Gonzalez, and uh, he's he's a uh, he he offers to help Lamano train, and and basically the way he has to to get to El Jefe is El Jefe is essentially like the kingpin of crime in Marvel, he's virtually unstoppable because he feeds off of the energy and hubris of all of the luchadors that work for him and his gang. And so, like so many 70s and 80s action films and kung fu films, the way that Lamano is going to ultimately win is he has to beat, go up the ladder, starting at the bottom, and beat up all of the luchador henchmen until he gets to the point where he can take on uh, La Calavera, who is the world champion and El Jefe's top enforcer, and beat him and then take on El Jefe. And so we go through, over the course of these eight years and these six issues, we are along for the ride as he as he fights in the ring and works his way up and also trains and is met with obstacles. We also get a glimpse into his history and his childhood and uh, how he and his brother were raised by a... Um, by a, a, a basically a despot named El General. And uh, that all ties in very to all of these, all of these backstories and back channels that were, uh, that were given in, in flashback form, which seemingly at first feel like they're just there to fill out the characterization all do come into play by the end of the book. So it all is resolved in a very nice bow. Um, uh, and it's just wonderful. It's absolutely wonderful. And, and the, the, I mean, there's an entire issue and a half of the six issues that is just one giant wrestling match. Yeah. And it's just fantastic. Um, just for fun, he, I'm good, I, I, I took a look at all of the different wrestlers he has to beat over the course of the six issues. So here you go. He has to beat Lamerlo, Chango, Payaso, Rojo Fuego Uno, Rojo Fuego Dos, Hermano Timrek, Epifania... Concepcion, La Candelaria, El Calavera, El Catrine, El Diablito, El Sol, La Bandera, and El Borracho. So 16, uh, 15, 15 different lucha doors that he has to go through over these six years to finally get to the point where he can win, if you will. And like all good, um, like all good uh, video games or action movies, there's there's all those people. Then there's the man, which is El Jefe, and then there's the man behind the man, the true evil. And uh, it's great. I mean, there's just so much mechanistically about this. There's so much design in it. There's a point where Mono gets essentially uh, taken into a dream state, where he has a conversation with Quetzalcoatl, the uh, the the god, and. Gonzo draws all of that in a very, very cartoony way, like a very much like the uh, the Pink Panther cartoon. Um, you know those kind of like like stubby, giant face, giant nosed characters. 
um, because it's a dream state. Uh, it's just, it's, it's a marvel. It really is. And I just, uh, I know it was a, a, I know it was a difficult journey for him to, to, to complete it. Uh, and I'm ex- so excited at the idea. In fact, I was chatting with him today about, um, this getting printed and he's going to try and do it in two ways. He's trying to do a Kickstarter to get the book collected in, uh, in Spanish. And he's going to, as I mentioned, working on a conventional collected edition as well, which may well be through a publisher of some renowned wink, wink. So, um, I'm being vague about the, the plots. Cause I, I mean, it, it is a very, it is very much a plot driven book. And, uh, I, I want you all to enjoy it cause it's, it's worth, it's worth experiencing the, the surprises uh, on your own, but but I will say that to, to his credit, since he did put it out the way he put it out, each issue is like a good old fashioned comic book used to be, where you have big beats, you have a satisfying arc, and you're left with a cliffhanger. Uh, so it's it's just an awesome book. It's a true passion project, and we know lots of creators who do lots of their own work, and we probably praise a lot of it. Sometimes it's it's praised, you know, because of the effort. Sometimes it's genuinely good. And sometimes on a rare occasion, it's legitimately great. And I think this is a legitimately great creator owned project that, um, that my only regret much like with Kelly is that not enough people have had a chance to experience, uh, La Mano del Destino. And so hopefully that will change now that it's, it's done and we can get a collection going. So, Yeah, yeah, but it's freaking awesome. It is. Yeah. It absolutely is. I um and the fourth issue has a letter from me. Um which doesn't make it the best issue of the bunch, but it's still it's it it and what I said then when we were pretty much just after the halfway point, it it, it still stands. It's I mean the way Gonzo draws the movement and 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 it's not you know you, you usually see a knockdown drag out in you know in, in an issue of Wolverine or or Batman or something, but this is this has to be a little bit more choreographed being a wrestling match and 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 he does it <laughs> definitely it, it's just it's it's a great story the characters are great it it's there's just there's a lot to enjoy yeah it 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 to take a while from start to finish and, and and there's some really great stories that have been made that that that's happened but it's still um it's absolutely 100 worth your time i um we've every time an issue came out we 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 talked about it we talked about gonzo it, it's it's always been um there um almost as long as we have so it's 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 you know part of me is like it's it's over and you know we're not gonna get any you know, this this story is done it doesn't mean maybe the it's not the last we'll see of this universe but um you know is it, it, it it's it's like when people would ask matt wagner you know when's the last chapter of, of mage coming out and it's like you know well now it finally has and i don't have to ask anymore but i mean now are, are you <laughs> happy it's over or you know you still want to want to chase that and you know so you you have everything now you need in these six issues and and it's a fantastic read and and you know I, I can only echo what Jason already said but yeah it, it is without a doubt one of um one of the favorite th- one of my favorite things we've we've got to experience while we've been doing the show it's it's um it looks amazing the characters are fantastic um I I, I the way the issues smell it's just it's it's a lot 
of fun. I, I um, I'm just I'm I'm glad we have him to give us something like this. Yeah, definitely. I mean, and uh, the, the just to give people an example, so the issue number one was July 2011. Two came out October 2011. Uh, three was May 2013. Four was April 2015. Five was May 2017. And then six, as I said, was October 2019. So it's been a journey, man. He's on that Southern Bastards schedule. Shit, he's going faster than Southern Bastards. It's true, he is. He is. <laughs> yeah, Absolutely. it'd be. I, I I love Gonzo's style. I, I love this series, and I I would be more prepared to speak on the sixth issue if our buddy Wood didn't send it to us last night. Well, listen, bro. I mean, that's when he gave it to me. What are we yeah. expecting? Uh, I I just I'm looking at the uh, the cartoon sequence when uh, <laughs> it's <laughs> it's insane. It the is. the way and it's very subtle. He could have just be perfectly happy with the line work, but he went in and added very, very subtle shadows yeah, underneath yeah. overlapping mm-hmm. objects. And there's a, a slight, very slight shadow in the gutter of the, the two images. Uh, it's a double-page spread. And holy crap, Like that's just like amazing attention to detail that not many people are going to pick up on but it's in there that that's i think that's emblematic of the whole series there's there's a consummate attention to very 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 fine details that yeah may not enhance the story per se but he knows they're there right the design aesthetic is akin to well, like a Jim Rugg does, where it's it's. I mean, he puts thought to every aspect right. of it, right? Yes. The, the paper, the size, the the as we said, the shading, the the mat, the the it, like. It's not like it's deliberate, and probably to his detriment, right? I mean, just in terms of 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 uh, it, it makes it hard. He makes it hard, hard on himself because he's a perfectionist. Uh, he wants it to be like the perfect embodiment, and right, uh, right. That can sometimes be the enemy of product of productivity, but. But uh, but ultimately, look, you know, this is one of those things where I know we may sound hypocritical because there are plenty of books that are uh, that come out late and we kvetch about them and shit on them. But it's different, right? Like this is his thing. Like 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 there was never any promise of it coming out in a certain pace. So I'm just Learned happy bastards. Out. He's doing it himself. Correct. Right. So and, I mean, as far as that attention to. Um to detail and, and being the perfectionist in, in the second issue at the gym um, when Gigi is uh, looking at Amano's hand and notices the scar there are a bunch of, of posters of, of of the luchadors of of, um, of wrestling cards um, and those could have just been doodles and drawn or, or just blank spaces that you know you could your, your, your mind could fill in but he Gonzo drew all of these, and and I know this for a fact because I have one of them on cardboard on my shelf because he he sent to us. So I mean he's he painstakingly just puts so much on each page, and it's you know this isn't this isn't something that we're just gonna like kind of talk about to to tell you hey your art's great and here's the story. I mean there's there's and this this beyond the page, so it's. I think it's worth the extra time to to gush about certain things. With well, this. yeah, like Kelly Williams, he's another one of those very, very few artists that we all own original art. 
Yes. That's also true, yeah. 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 Um, and there's a reason for that. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, it's wonderful stuff. I, I, I totally want to crook this color palette for something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's the testament of, uh, of greatness, when something is good enough that you want to steal it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. make, it, make it your own. Yeah. All right. That was it's. Yeah, I'm gonna read the sixth issue, uh, silly soon, and and uh, get in on that. I'm glad. I'm glad you didn't spoil it. No, no, I don't want to spoil it. But it's it's just it needs the love. And, and he did, and he definitely stuck the landing. So. You know, you actually did him a favor by uh, sending us the PDFs at the eleventh hour because now there'll be another segment on a future eleven o'clock featuring eh, La Mano eh, del Mister, eh, as it should be, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What else, fellas? I got something, and uh, since we have maybe another hour left, I can take up all that time gushing about this book. <laughs> oh, okay. I see. Yes. Jason uh, berated me on the Slack because I wanted to include it in our book of the month, and he said, dude, we just read this. And, I, I, yeah, maybe we read the first issue which is very true. But some of us held back and waited for the collected edition, uh, which I received in my last month's box, uh, thankfully presented. I don't know if this is a brand new format for Marvel. I don't think it's anything else has been published in this. The, the thing that really wowed me was the flexi cover. I don't own anything from Marvel with a flexi cover. This is the first of hopefully a trend. Uh, collects all five issues of a story written by Donnie Cates, magically illustrated by Trad Moore, and color art by Dave Stewart. I'm talking about Silver Surfer Black. And I'm, I'm so thankful that I received this in time to have the knowledge going into my 11 o'clockers because I'm going to just be flat out and, and honest. I don't think there has been a series published in 2019 that even comes close to what Treadmore did on the pages here. Everything pales in comparison. You don't agree? I mean, I think it's a little bit hyperbole, but go, keep going. I don't think there, I don't think it's hyperbolic. I don't think it, it's ex- exaggerated enough. I think he has created a monumental achievement. He's speaking in a language that nobody else, a visual language. Certainly that, the original art community agrees with you because uh, many, many of the issue. issues were sold whole, whole, side, whole, whole complete. Yeah. Right. Well, that's a testament to people wanting to cash in on something that's going to gain traction over the years and be regarded as a masterpiece, of which I believe this is. The story's good. It's it's a it's a it's a good store. I mean, it, it's the sil- it's Silver Surfer trying to battle the darkness without and within. Uh, Kate's uses the Null character as um, the epitome of of the corruption, the darkness that's pervading um, through the Surfer, and Surfer learns that the goal is not to extinguish the darkness. The goal is to balance it with light. And it's a it's a good story. It it make I mean it's a it's a something that from which we all can learn, 
right? Uh, balance is very important in life. And it all takes place in that energy vortex that the uh, dark side's, or not dark side, God forgive me, <laughs> that, that <laughs> Thanos' cronies through the Guardians of the Galaxy and all those in attendance at uh, Thanos' um, reading of his will yeah. It all takes place in that brief span of time. And I'm thinking there's a point in there where, where uh, Surfer meets Galactus in this gestation chamber. I was like, well, how could this be? This doesn't make sense. It's the chicken before the egg. But it makes sense in hindsight that it all takes place within this time warping gravity well in the surfer was imprisoned he sends everybody out and it, it, it it's revealed in the last panel of the thing you see stormbreaker and that's what that's how they got out of it uh surfer beckons to beta ray he's like hey get that stormbreaker working and, and penetrate this energy and let's get out of here and that's what happened so the, the surfer was the last one out and it's it's just it's it's a very more than adequate story that's made the magnitude of which is made more compelling by Tradmore, which or who uh, it, it's one of those instances. I feel like a protagonist in an HP Lovecraft story. And I'm looking at one of the elder gods and my mind, those, those words that populate my mind prove inadequate in expressing how I feel about this art. I th I think he's done something that is I remember back in the day when I looked at Storanko's work on Nick Fury Agent of Shield and it mm -hmm. back then I couldn't really address exactly what was going on because number 1 it looked unlike anything uh I had seen from Marvel or DC at the time right being young and it just encompasses the world of design and illustration. And it, when Dave Stewart is at the controls, um, consummate attention to color and harmony and, and contrast. And it, th these, these pages do something to me that I cannot take those words and, and make them work for me adequately to, to express how I feel. I think these pages are frickin' brilliant on a multitude of levels and it just staggered me seeing it this big and all at once i read it in one sitting it's not a there's not a whole lot of of exposition i mean when ego the living yeah. planet yeah. oh my mm -hmm. god like no one has ever rendered ego like tradmore did and it's, I would agree. it's totally fitting but that's not that's not the that's only one facet of this this diamond you had ego, then then you had null, and you had the 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 space itself, the the atmosphere around the surfer is a character in this book. Um, it's again, I I can't, and it's it's it it makes me angry, or that I cannot tell you exactly what how I feel about this art. I guess it's another one of those things. It's it's not supposed to be, but if if. If I lived for another hundred years, I still wouldn't be able to 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 say just exactly what I believe Trad has done here. He, and you should have bought a page. Yeah. Okay. 
he's he's just taken something with which we're intimately familiar the the marvel universe silver surfer um all of the characters within that and and made it completely novel it doesn't look like anything it it, it's a complete reworking of this mythology that we've all lived with for decades and he's presenting it in a way that's just totally new how does one do that How, how is that possible and it's not just let's exaggerate these characters, right? Oh, anybody can do that. But he does it in a way that feels right. It's like I think the surfer should always have looked like this. Yeah, it, it, it's it's super fitting. I mean, there's that double page spread of of uh, of Galactus where 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 surfers looking up at him, and it's 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 full of red and and just looks like rivers of blood. I mean, it's the composition it, on that page is disturbingly good. And I mean, and and. And you're right. There's just there's we've whether it's whether well in, in, in this case it's Dave Stewart, but whether you know it's 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 Jordy or whether you know there's just there, there are colorists like like Laura Martin or Maury or or even Val Staples where they they work well with with artists. It's like okay, you know, I know what I'm going to do here and and I know what to expect. But this this marriage, it's. It, you see the line work and you see what Trad's doing, but but it's almost he and Stewart work so well together. You, it, it's almost I don't know where one ends and the other begins. It's 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 just they. It's it looks fantastic, and and I don't have the the treasury. I, I, I bought the issues when they were coming out, and and I refreshed since you read it for tonight. Um. And I mean, yeah, it's it's. I, I said it when we read the first issue. It's still for me. It's still Silver Surfer story. So it's not. It's not going to rock my world. The the selling point for me here, the was was Trad. Hundred percent is is that I wanted to see what Trad was going to do with Silver Surfer. I don't, I don't care what Don what story Donnie wants to tell. Um, and since you know, I was re- I'm reading. I finished the or I'm in the process of finishing Donnie's Guardian series, which. Like you said, Vince, this 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 ties into, and and I guess so does the whole Donnie's Venom series to a degree. There, but there's, I I bought this so that my eyes could enjoy this. It, it's I, I didn't care about the words on the page really, and 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 that's a disservice to Clayton Cowles because I Clayton is one of my favorite letterers when 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 he was um, when they relaunched Spider Man with. Um, with the at the post one more day when when you had the webheads writing it and 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 Clayton was um, the letterer for that run and and it looked great and and he's also done some work for for DC and I, I like Clayton's letters and here it just because of Trad's line work and and the way he and and, and his sense the way he draws characters and 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 planets um, uh, Clayton's letters worked well here as well they didn't they 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 didn't detract from anything and and because it's not a super text heavy story um they didn't get in the way at all but it's it really is a a um it's a really solid package all the components just just come together perfectly yeah Uh, the the lens through which um more was working is just phenomenal and and variable too because there'll be some panels where it's just a surfer in profile uh on a white background and then other panels it's like you can see multiple levels 
of reality. You can see the, the stuff in the foreground, and they're, they're, they're very detailed, and the detail increases as it the panel deepens. Like, you see in the far, far distance of space this energy, whatever it is, this, this, this streaming uh, something, and it's all line work and it's crazy uh it, it it it's it's a very humbling experience i i think it's i think the analog is 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 parable yeah I mean, because i because i think it is artistically uh it, you know it's it's up there in terms of 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 how special it is and then I think Vince characterized it correctly. The, the story's fine. I, I like Donnie a lot as a writer. I'm not saying the story's bad or anything, but I don't know that the story's... I mean, the story is, in essence, another Silver Surfer story. It's it's fine. I've read a lot of them. But it's the... I just like case, I think you bought it because of Mobius drawing it. Yeah, I mean, it, I think this is this is very much a showcase for, for Trad. And uh, just as Parable was very much... Very, very, very much a showcase for Mobius. Well, there was... Yeah, I mean, I mean, Mobius the, probably wrote it, but whatever. The, the last page yeah. of um of the series of it's I don't know if it's if it has it in in the treasury, but it is it's a panel from from Parable. It says you know it's first stand because yeah, it's, it's referenced in past, the book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm just stunned. Uh, words again, words fail. I I I think it it leaves everything in visually. Your artist of the year. I don't really see how he can't be. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, gonna... I want one of our enterprising listeners to. I would love a cut up of all the things that you swore were going to be on your 11 Oscars this year. Well, most of them will be on there because um, I made sure just to fuck with you that I took note of every time I said that. <laughs> Dude, why would you be fucking with me? I, I no, be, to be just to prove you're wrong that that you always do. You're always like, I told you so, but not this year because a lot of the things that I said is going to be in my eleven classers. I went into the Evernote and I put down, make sure this is on your eleven classers. Nice. Okay. Yeah, that's what I like to hear. I covered my bases. Look at I, you. Yeah, who wants to I hear that? I caught up with criminal because of your in, in, never wow. your, your incessant praise of it. Yeah, that's another one. I don't see how that can't be. Um, in multiple columns on my 11 O'Clockers. Criminal is definitely one of those books that it's so good so consistently that it doesn't get the love it deserves. Which is... By my, I, by, I'm me too. I mean, I'm guilty of that. Right, but isn't that yeah. isn't that a bit dumb? It's a bit silly. Oh, absolutely. Like, this this taste you love so much is so all-encompassing, all-encompassingly wonderful that you don't talk mm-hmm. about it. It's just... It's it's weird it, that something can be so good that it becomes commonplace for the fact that it's so good. I mean, yes, we, we are quick to note something that is a blip on the line, either ascending or descending. If this issue is not very good, like you're going to know. Or if it, if it's, uh, an issue in a string where it's like, wow, that was really great. You, you notice its greatness by cons- comparison to the things around it, right? But to have something like criminal that comes out on the regular and it's a primer for anybody who wants to make sequential art. It, and the storyline is just written by a, a consummate master of the craft, right? I, I think that's very fair saying that, that Ed Brubaker is a master storyteller. And we just don't bring it up. Why? Because it's so freaking good. But we should bring it up. 
We should have a segment, Criminal of the Month. Boom. Let's talk about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's true. Did you see the title of their, their next collaboration? Pulp? Wild West, baby. I'm super giddy. No, no, no. The title. I did see I don't remember offhand. I, I want you to say it. It's called Pulp. Say it. Yes, I, I did. Oh, no, it? him. I want Jason to say it. Oh, well, then I'm out. <laughs> Why is it pulp if it's a if it's a western? Because it's westerns were pulp. There were mm. pulp westerns. That's well, the that's, that's the aesthetic to which they're uh, basing the entire story. Well, I love westerns, so maybe I'm not anti as anti pulp as I say I am. I don't think you're anti pulp at all. I think you're anti things that I love just to get me going. That is so absurd. <laughs> I don't know about that. I think it's kind of true. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Yeah. See, this is why Tony thinks that we're breaking up. Yeah, we never break up. We got a prenup, Tone. He's not getting out of this without a whole bunch of money. So, <laughs> I wish. I just want the change that's in your sofa. That has set me up for about 10 years. Oh, yeah. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> but, okay, if back to reality. <laughs> back to reality. You where you live. People, Silver Surfer Black is one of those good good things that you experience once in a lifetime if you haven't read it get your asses out there and get in the treasury format because it is a absolute revelation it yeah, is, I, I do i do agree that the treasury format is the way to go no yeah. sorry dad and you know what the um history of the marvel universe is going to be in the same format yes that uh, that, that i ordered why, why 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 are you sorry no well because because you said you ordered it you didn't get the treasury edition yeah, you're missing, no, that's, you're that's missing out, dude. No, I've, I've read the story. I'm good. And normally, snap, you should own this in like uh, right, multiple form. <laughs> you do you. Spot varnish on the cover. But normally, for a five-issue series, I'd be like, what? $30? Are you shitting me, Marvel? $30 for a five-issue series? But there are, are um, factors that came into play. DCB Service offered it for half price. So oh, I got a five. Yes, I got a five issue series for fifteen dollars, and the final product with the flexi cover, the spot varnish, the the textured um, wrap on this thing. It's it's just a phenomenal presentation. Um, looking at some of the covers in, I mean, you get in the back, you get um, some penciled pages, uh, trad pencils, surprisingly loose in relation to the final art. Um, mm-hmm. but they have some of the covers that people did along the way. And, um, wow, some of them are real winners. And some of them I was thinking, what in the hell were you possibly thinking? And I'm not going to name names, but yikes. Damn, shots fired. No, yikes. Some of them are just, the, I, they do not, they should not have graced a work of this majesty. Let's just put it that way. So there's there's that, but anyway, I I adore this book. But don't you see why I don't didn't think it should be a book of the month? Yes, because um, we would spend ten minutes on the story, if that, and right. another another thirty minutes gushing about the art, yeah, probably awesome. speaking in circles. Thank you. I get it. I understand it. I just was giving you a hard time, just because that's who I am. Thank you. And who you are. That's right. Yeah. So this Null character appeared in the Venom series. Is yeah. is okay. I got to get caught up on that. 
And that's another testament to the book. You really don't have to know much about Null. I mean, he's got the symbiote. He's got the spider on his chest, so he's okay. He's symbiote god. Yeah, it's obvious that he's connected to the symbiote. But um, he's just plain darkness. That's all he's in this book for. He's a, he's a, an unconquerable uh, symbol for darkness, and the surfer conquers it. And that's all you need to know. The, the the true joy, not to downplay Donnie. Donnie's great. The true joy of this book is the visuals. Unlike any you'll see in your lifetime. It's true. Yeah, absolutely right. From someone so young, I want to peel off the top of his head and eat his brains and hopefully gain his uh, skill. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and his- Noel, is, uh, Noel is in... I mean, Donnie's definitely milking Noel for all it's worth. Yeah. I mean, Noel was in Venom. It was Absolute Carnage. It was in this. I mean, I have all of that Absolute Carnage. I should read it. It's it. There's a lot of issues. Yes, yes, as was pointed out in many a previous video. Well, I don't watch his videos. So. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh, no, you watch mine. You don't fess up. You do not watch my videos. You can't. Okay. Oh, okay. do you? What? 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 Give Give me something that I said was a must buy for my last video. Uh, uh, I didn't watch the last one yet. Ah, okay. Yeah, I haven't. Because <laughs> he hasn't put his order in. He's got to know what to order. He'll watch it then. Right. Okay. I did put my order in though. Dude, I fucking set you up. Like, I know, but I'm not gonna, I, got, I don't lie. I don't lie. I lie. Okay. Absolute carnage was, according to my calculations. Issues. 2018 f- issues? The first month, maybe. Oh, there was more than that? I, I only have 18 issues here. Huh. Oh, well, maybe That's I missed... Too many of the miniseries. Because Absolute Carnage was only a five-issue series. Yeah. And but then it went into, like, Lethal Protectors and Miles Morales and um, yeah. Deadpool. Yeah. I think there's still some issues coming out, but oh, it really? Think I don't? I don't quote me, huh? So I'm wondering if this is going to be like a an omnibus after a while. You would have to, right? I mean, given how important Donnie is at Marvel right now, I'm sure he'll be getting the Jason Aaron treatment and getting his stuff collected in that form. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was uh, paging through the Thanos collection. That uh, Donnie Cates, ah, yeah. Thanos, and Jeff Shaw, right here. Yeah, yeah, wow. Cates has been blessed with some very, very uh, amazing illustrators. Mm-hmm. Jeff, Jeff Shaw. You know what they all have in common. They went to <laughs> the same school. <laughs> They're all Felix guys. Yeah. Oh, but it, within Surfer, it says uh, he's been blessed because Trad and and Jeff were in the same. Uh, I think a school of design or something or whatever they went. That uh, they were friends before the fact. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And then he he writes this piece where he says uh, he praises Stan Lee. I can't go and sign that. But... Bruh. Sorry. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> he cried when Stan died. He was in an airport writing the the script for the final issue of Silver Surfer Black. And when he heard Stan died, he cried. And they opened the laptop and he scrapped it all and wrote it again because it had to be good enough for Stan. Beautiful. Yeah. All right. What else do we have? <laughs> um, 
Hang on. I, uh, I, I read the uh, Superman number 19, the second part of Truth, where Superman lets the world know that he's Clark Kent. Um, and and I like the issue for a couple of reasons, um, one of which uh, Clark Kent gets fired from the Daily Planet um, because uh, the insurance company... Uh, the lawyers, they um, you know, hiring him the way he did way back when, and now you know knowing what they know, and um, so so he was fired, and then now that said, you know Clark Kent or Superman or Cal or whatever you want to call yourself, um, Daily Planet would like to hire you. So this way now there's no no pretense now there's no there's no you know, Superman has to be a source if if it's you can't you know. It's everybody. You're more transparent. Everybody's more upfront. Um, and of course, he was concerned that things would, um, that there would be some pushback and people would be upset. But everything seems to be. Um, everybody seems to be pleased with you know. There's 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 no riots. Nobody's really too much upset about it. And uh, there's some great moments some married life moments between Clark and Lois. Um, but yes, yeah, so the issue starts off with a nice little conversation with, with, with Clark and Lois in Perry's office with Jimmy there. Uh, and then they leave the office and, um, and everybody from uh, the planet in the bullpen, they all, um, they're all coming up and hugging and, and, and talking to Clark and as everybody can now, talk about either when Superman saved them or it was just, there was, there was a lot of, I guess, happy moments like that on that day. And then, and then as he's, um, he's flying through Metropolis and, and saving the day here and there. Then he shows up at the, um, shows up at the justice league headquarters. Cause now he's going to, um, you know, his, his, he figures his partners, his friends, his peers, they'll always tell me the real truth. And, um, this is half the issue, and and then at the end of the end of this double page spread, this is you know to be continued in the Superman Heroes one shot, and everybody, everybody kind of has smiles, um, except for Wonder Woman, and she was also very pensive at the end of the previous issue when he um, announced his identity. So I'm not sure what exactly she's quite thinking just yet. Um, we'll see what kind of has her feeling some sort of way. But then the, the, the rest of the issue has the, um, has the dominators and some, um, tamarins and, and they're all talking about kind of like the headquarters where, where, where they're going to set up the United planets that, um, that John Kent had, um, kind of come up with the idea of, um, a couple of issues ago before he joined the Legion of Superheroes. And, and while they're all talking about what to do, Mongol shows up and um, starts to make a big mess of things. And, and he's, he's, um, he's kind of put off about the whole United planets thing. And, and this, this, this insane dream is going to die right now. And, um, you've denied me my kingdom at every turn, and now this I deny you. That he's just going off on everybody, and um, Superman shows up to to take care of Mongol, but he's like, you know, he 
he had a feeling Mongol would try to attack everybody, but um, he uh, he might not make the attempt if Superman was in the vicinity with everybody. So he kind of it's kind of a setup. So he's um, Superman and Mongol having a great knockdown drag out. It's beautifully illustrated um, by uh, on and and and. Joe Prado and uh, Claire and everybody's doing a bang up job on this issue. Um, so while they're fighting, some of the United Planet members are um, going into business for themselves and they want to get in on it. And, and no one's really kind of, they're not so united and, and uh, so soon. So, so early in, in this fight. Um, but that gives Mongol the upper hand and, um, and he starts, beating down on, on Superman and um there's a pretty it's 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 a typical cliffhanger with, with Mongol standing triumphant over Superman uh as as the truth continues next issue. But yeah it, it's you know and I'm really that it were past the Rogozar saga. I'm I'm pleased with, with this direction and um yeah you know, it still looks absolutely amazing. I'm so glad um, Yvonne is, is still on on the book, um, but yeah, and I, I'm, I'm like I said, I'm dying to find out what some of Superman's friends and teammates are feeling. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that one shot. But, uh, but yeah, I you know I, I I'm not trying to. I'm still not going to to attempt to guess where Bendis is going or what some of the fallout might be or some of the consequences to to, to Superman's actions. I, I'm to see how this plays out um and so far I mean, it's only been two issues but no complaints so far i just uh i'm it it's it, the book came out yesterday so it's one of those things where yeah I, i'm i'm still in that in that mode where uh, a superman issue drops and and i'm going to read it when it uh when it does so yeah i'm uh still on board sweet the art's uh, pretty smoking. It is, yeah, big time. I'm, I'm hoping that um, Joe will have maybe some uh, some pages at Heroes again. There you go. What else we got? Or are we going to just uh, bring it home? Do you want to talk about Wellington or wait until they get a couple more issues? Yeah, the, uh, okay. I, was, I wasn't disappointed in the first issue, but it's very slight. And, and yeah. I, I know issue two is out and I haven't read it yet. Yeah, same. So, um, looks great. Uh, but I thought I was I would have liked a little bit more content in the first issue. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, uh, what, Jason? No, 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 no. I agree. With, I, I agree with your description. It was slight, very slight. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Dude, I, you Vince, you got to pick up the collection when it comes out because this is so up your alley. Uh, Issue number two of Mighty Morphin Power Rangers Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Hmm. You, you didn't like it? No, I I another thing I gotta buy. Yeah, but I mean, oh, so much fun, dude! It's so fun. It's ridiculous. Uh, recall in the first issue, the Green Ranger Tommy has uh, seemingly gone bad and entered, joined the uh, Foot Clan. But uh, but have no fear. Tommy was playing the double agent to try and rescue somebody. Uh, but uh, 
I don't know if any of you seen the solicit for the subsequent issue. But if you have, then you know that the big reveal of the second issue is that a certain well-known major Teenage Mutant Eternal villain becomes the Green Ranger. Shredder? Yes. Wow. Yes. Well, that's a no-brainer, but that's kind of cool. It's so cool. And, uh, yeah, Simone DeMeo, the artist, is fantastic. I, I He's actually just joined uh, Cadence, uh, but he he's great. I I, I got to tell you, reading this makes me want to read Turtles and Power Rangers because I'm like this is super fun. Now, um, super not fun. to wade into that murky pool of of fandom, but where does this appear in continuity, it, or does it? I have no idea. What? Probably the I same think, place the Batman Turtles. Yeah, like, well, like I don't know. Okay, like, well, that, no, that makes sense. If you just say that that amorphous, um, hazy area where we're just telling stories because they're cool, I'm down with that. But to say that Shredder becomes the Green Ranger, well, is it the Shredder that just came back from hell? Or is it, uh, uh, you know, the younger Shredder? Like, who, what? Uh, what? I, I mean, I, I it's the Shredder that... Uh, That's that, in this uh, book. Yeah, I have no. I mean, dude, I, I don't think. Okay, don't, <laughs> I don't think this is. That, I don't think that's relevant. Oh, I agree. I don't think it is. Is it a younger Shredder? He's in a mask. How do I know? Oh, well, remains to be I mean, seen. He doesn't then. take his. I mean, he's the leader of the. I mean, I, I don't know. He's so. What do Shredder. they just point at him and say? I'm Shredder. <laughs> he never takes the mask off. Not so far. He hasn't. No. Wow. I got to get in on this. Why does Shredder ever take his mask off? Oh, come on, dude. He's taking his mask off many times. Um, I love it when the Turtles team up with uh, other heroes from different universes. Like, I think the the Turtles Batman books are great. Mm -hmm. Um, And this, I got it. You're right. I'll probably order this when they collect it. No doubt. Are the covers the same um, Turtles holding the, the Rangers' helmets? Is it's that a boom book? So I think there's like eight covers. Oh, okay. Because I think yeah, there's mad covers. There was like a uniform trade dress where the first issue was a turtle hand holding a ranger mask, and then I saw a cover for issue number two, and it was the same turtle hand, albeit a different turtle, holding a different ranger mask. And I'm thinking that's a bit weird trade dress because like the average person is not going to be able to tell the covers apart. Yeah, the cover, the color of the masks are different. Okay, but it's just still the same, same composition, same approach to covers. That it was just, eh, it's 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 weird. But if they're bonus covers, then that's great. Yeah, Rita Repulsa is the villainess. Of course. <laughs> well, it could have been Lord Zed, right? Eh, I don't like him at all. Samezies. Yeah, do something with that skin, dude. It's just nasty. But Rita's cool. Rita's always good for a good time. Moe's deaf. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, no, it's just been a lot of fun. I, you know, I just, like I said, I bought it because I don't read either of those licensed titles very often. And I've heard nothing but absolutely fantastic things about the Power Rangers series. Um, anybody that's read it seems to think it's, it's, it's fantastic. Yeah. So, uh, I, Zap, did you read uh, Guardians of the Galaxy number one? No, not yet. I have it. I, I, read it. I did. You did? Yeah. Wow. Yep. I can't believe it's written by Al Ewing. Uh, no, meaning that you 
you think it's atypical of his normal quality? I thought it was a slog. Yeah. I'm going to be there with you, actually. Yeah. I won't get into the plot since Staff hasn't read it yet, but I, I, it has been, I've come to the conclusion that even though it's the same set of characters, nobody has captured the Abnett and Landing magic. Sure. And I've read every version of it now. And there's been a bunch, right? I mean, Bendis, obviously, and and this, and then the one in between there. I, it, there's been a lot of iterations of Guardians since we had Abnett and Landing. I mean, we're going on probably, what, 10 years? Uh, and uh, it's just not the same. Right. I agree. I don't, I don't like teenage, talking, smooth-skinned Groot. I, I don't understand why we had to change that character. It was like a perfect character. Um, that was done in the Duggan run, right? Yeah. I, and I, I, but I'm, I'm, but Al Ewing's carrying it through, right? Um, I, much like Silver Surfer or Gambit is Saltpeter to you. Dab Nova's always been a little Saltpeter to me. I, okay, I'm not, I'm not crazy about Nova. That's weird. The Richard okay. Ryder or the Sam, or just in general? <laughs> uh, Richard Ryder. Okay. Yeah. Um, just never really. So I, I, he seems to be one of the central characters of this new run, at least now for now. And yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, and, and I thought the art was okay. Yep, exactly. Right. It's it's there's nothing you can say about it other than it's it's very average. It's it's not. Uh, it's like there, a, it's like a house book. Yeah, there's no extremes. Right. It's it's not horrifically yeah. bad, and it's not tremendously good. It's it's very adequate. Um, there's nothing I can point to or say to say. Well, this wasn't approached. Uh, to the best yeah. of the penciler's ability, but it 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 just is. And uh, the one scene that really got me, and it happens, I won't say the character's name because Dap didn't read it yet. But there's a character that appears and uh, goes into a monologue, and it's there's a lot of words on the page. And he, mm-hmm. if they they should have drawn the character with a soapbox underneath him. Like standing up on this because it's just like I'm about to address you, and here I go, and it's just oh man, whatever. Yeah, I didn't enjoy Facts. it. Didn't enjoy it. Yeah, I'm with you. But I'm um, up and read it to see if I'm going to keep getting it. Yeah, it's. Uh, I didn't like the cover either. Thought the cover was lame. I actually the um, I settled on the uh, the Pepe cover, the Pepe variant, where they all seem to be. Uh, there seems to be some sort of celebration with uh, t- cakes or pies or something in there. But the, the the title of the book is in a banner that's flowing. Down. It's a pretty cool looking cover. And when I saw that um, that Pepe drew it, I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll take that one because the main one does look. I, it's it's average. It's it's nifty, but yeah, it, yeah, it wasn't. It just, didn't grab me like this one did. Yeah. Well, while while we're on the the speaking truth train, I I was gonna let this go, but oh. Okay, now we're in here. Now we're getting to the good stuff. Let's go. Yeah. Um, you know that uh, one of my most beloved um, characters at Marvel is Rom, right? Yeah. Sure. And IDW has been doing uh, a a decent job with the character. Uh, yes, there's ups and downs, but for the most part, it was a decent take on the character. But I read the uh, first issue of Rom Dire Wraiths, written by Chris uh, Rial, uh, Luca mm-hmm. Pizzari on art, 
And there's a backup story where uh, Mr. Sal Basima shows up on, on Inks, uh, art by Guy Dorian Sr. Um, I don't know. Uh, we're, we're led to believe that um, Apollo 11... And you should know your history, Apollo 11, uh, you know, Neil Armstrong, Buzz Aldrin, Michael Collins. uh, They weren't alone on the surface of the moon that um, the uh, humanity has a uh, space station or had a space station uh, orbiting the moon at the time of the Apollo 11 mission. Uh, And they're basically Power Rangers. They have all different color um uniforms there's a russian so it's it's probably multinational there there's a, a russian with a green uniform uh, there's a purple you know it's so it's it's basically um power rangers right uh, and i i borderline hated it wow yeah there's so much dialogue there's so many characters in, introduced in the first issue um the the wraiths are on the moon uh having disposed of a space knight or sorry they don't call them space knights i don't think um and there's the the residual energy from that killing was not enough to get them to earth because what, what they really want to do is get to earth and start you know doing what dire wraiths do I, I I can't even be kind and say that yeah yeah it wasn't bad it's it just was it was I thought it was awful. Um, did I think it was awful because of what it is, or did I think it was awful because of what character mythology it taps into? I don't know. I I I don't have a very refined sense of awareness to to pinpoint whether I think this was not good because it's ROM or whether I think it wasn't good because it's just not plain not good. I, I don't know. Right, right. Right, but when, when, you're, de- when you're parlaying in ROM, you better be freaking good because Bill Mantlow was one of the best of the best. And, and that series is, is so beloved to me and a lot of people. that um, And I know Chris loves rom so it it just it it hurts my head to think that he would think this would be in keeping with what has come before i I don't know i i just but i mean the takeaway it was nice to see sal who's very he's up there in age Mm -hmm. you know it was nice to see sal still doing what he does Um, i was worried because you 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 mentioned Sal, and then I knew you were going into what wasn't so great about it. And I was like, oh, please don't say the art. Oh, no, no. The art, the, the, the backup is much better than the, uh, the main story because the backup has, has Sal, right? And again, do I think the backup is better because it's Sal, or do I think he just, his art just overshadowed the, the, the previous? I don't know. I, I, I can't tell. But, um, it's, uh, yeah, it's it's entirely avoidable. Yeah, and and Ram is tooling around with a talking bear, with a Nightwing mask, that I guess is an homage to the Russian super soldiers that you know appeared within the pages of of Marvel's Ram. I I, I I don't know what's going on. I don't know, but it 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 was it was a a, a very sobering experience because. A lot of times, you're, you well, more often than not, you really can't go home again. 
and it, it's it's nice that IDW is trying to perpetuate the ROM mythology, but if mm-hmm. it's going to be like this, then just stop. Not like this. Yeah, not like this. Just stop. <laughs> so uh, I I hate to disparage the work of of. Uh, a, especially a beloved publisher like IDW, but you mm-hmm. know when when you step on my toes and you you do something like this to the ROM universe, it's just yeah, I gotta speak out. I don't think it's very good. He fucks with ROM, he fucks him with Death Row, whatever that means. <sighs> so there oh, you go. Sorry that that didn't float your boat. Well, we, hey, they can't all be winners. I I thought a lot of what came before was really good. The ongoing ROM I thought was fun, and mm-hmm. and even though they made tweaks to the mythology, not for the least of reasons, which that you know Marvel owns certain things about yeah you, you can't reproduce, so whatever. But yeah, I thought it uh, not wonderful, but the, the the stuff was good enough. I enjoyed yeah. it, but this is just no. This was a slide. Hmm. Yeah, an electric slide or could be. It's not a wedding. So, there we go. All right, everybody. Hey, we love you so much, and we thank you for being here with us one more time. Uh, between Vince ep- has a date tonight. I mean. What? No, I can do more if you want. <laughs> I, thought, I was thinking about you. Do you have something else on which you would like to speak? No, I'm good. You're, you're on a flow, man. Go. That's good. I'll do my in your travels. Okay. No, I want to <laughs> hear about... Um, I want to hear about tectonic plates. Is that what the name of it was? That's going to be my travels, though. Okay, good. There you go. So you can go at length and just pretend that it's part of the show. Oh, we love you so much, and we thank you for being here with us one more time. If you would like more of this, you know where to go. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, all the places. Uh, Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash 11 o'clock comics. We love to have you. Um, In the meantime, I would like you to check out... A comic from a publisher, again, that I've grown very, very fond of since their inception. They produce um, affordable comics that are more often than not well done. And uh, not only is this a newsprint comic, it is also an anthology. I will not spoil uh, the majority of it because I don't know if Dap read it yet. I'm talking about Alterna Comics. This is, it happened, oh, sorry, it came out on a Wednesday, number nine. Number nine, no, okay. Okay. That's cool. Well, there's only one story in particular I want to speak on, because if there was ever a beeline right to my heart, this story does it. It is called A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to Frankenstein's Island, and it features a character a kaiju called Frank Congor. He's a giant Frankenstein simian. Let that sink in. A, a giant primate. Looks like a, a, a could have been an orangutan at one time. Um, he's, he has red fur. Uh, horns. But his body parts, uh, because of the stitches, has uh, have obviously been pieced together by someone. I don't know how someone would accomplish such a feat to, uh, or where they would get the raw material for a giant kaiju um, simian 
Frankenstein monster, but it, it happened. Uh, you know, suspension of disbelief, right? Uh, so Frank Congor, it opens up with the beast fighting a kaiju named Najira. And they're going at it, you know. Um, and uh, the Frank, uh, Frank Congor gets whisked away to another location. And he wakes up on an island. Uh, what does he find on the island? But beings that very, very closely resemble Matango, the fungus of terror. Another beloved uh, movie. I love love Matango, man. I mean, if you're going to go into Kaiju. No, you know what Matango is. Um, Matango has appeared. Did we watch it at, uh, in Chicago? No, no, the, no, 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 uh, no. Arcade? No. No. Uh, damn. Matango is a very, very uh, instantly recognizable kaiju. Uh, it's got the head of a mushroom. And uh, it has appeared in vinyl form from a plethora of uh, v- producers. And I just love Matango. It's a very unique, very uh, visually pleasing design to me, especially when painted in the... Uh, the um, Well, you don't care. It's the Hawaii... Uh, palette but whatever um so it's basically the story is just plain all-out kaiju action just giant monsters beating the crap out of each other and then um the uh the guardian has been awakened the matango thing and um a, a young woman is in distress, and of course, Frank Congor needs to save her because that's what giant simians do. They save beautiful women. Um, and uh, Najima fights this um, giant mushroom fungus type creature. Uh, I, I really can't go into more detail other than I think you should pick it up and, and see for yourself what I find so appealing in, in this art. It was written... I, I am remiss because I did not say that. It was written by John Freeman with art by Frankie B. Washington. Uh, letters are by Thomas Boatwright. It appears in the ninth issue of It Came Out on a Wednesday, Frank Congor. I want to see more of this character. Buy this creative team. I will buy, I will scoop up every issue should you decide to publish it, Alterna. Yeah, I think it's just great. Um, if you're a Gwar fan in comic form this looks like kind of what we've seen from gore comics in the past which means it's 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 very hmm um it's not matt frank approach to kaiju but it's it's very stylized very well delineated uh very colorful i love it i think it's great so hey alterna give us more frank congor please nice yeah uh, in your travels, I'm not going to go long on this because I want to hear about uh, play tectonics, but um, I just want to let my booze know that uh, everything they've said about Basketful of Heads is 100% on point. Oh, shit. Um, read the fourth issue and after gobbling up the first three, and it looks fantastic i love the art leo max beast and it's just it's super fitting um it feels like this era i mean i can only imagine um what this would look like on on the old newsprinty toothy paper it just it's it's and if the color was not as 
vibrant as today's colors, but it it's Joe Hill is is telling a great story that that just feels reminiscent of the era because it's the early eighties of of it's it's a great setup and and I don't know you know it, a lot of it as you're reading it reminds me of 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 a typical schlocky horror movie where you know you don't trust that guy and you know something's going to happen and but it's it's the journey and 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 that's it it's hitting and i'm not i'm not a huge horror guy and i I, i'm not really after those movies but this seeing this play out on the page um is is just a blast and it's it's a um now it's four issues and it's it's so far it's it's we're at the halfway point because the seven issue mini and and it's um you know it's over the course of of uh the one dark and stormy night and it's just it's it it's it's an absolute blast and uh i started the dollhouse family but i just i uh, unfortunately it's gonna be fair to every single hill house book they're all going to be compared to this and they're all going to fail miserably it looks like but yeah. it's it's uh and although I, I haven't read Lola Woods yet, I haven't started that, but um yeah, it's I cosine hundred percent, it's it's gonna be on my Oscars. It it's 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 something you should be reading whether or not you're you're a horror fan or you know, you you know Joe Hill from the Cape or or Lock and Key. It, it doesn't just enjoy just sit down and, and enjoy this this series. And unfortunately, because I'm not reading all the issues, all the Hill House issues as they come out, I have no idea what the hell's going on with Sea Dogs. So I'm not really worried about that. Uh, but the main story, without a doubt, is is something people should be reading. I think Sea Dogs are going to be is going to be published in one volume anyway. So I I would like to see that. Yeah, I would just I don't want to say ignore it, but put it on the back burner because you're probably going to get it all in one. Yeah, I I, uh, I have to admit I'm not reading the Sea Dogs with any kind of intent. So same reason. I just figured if it's that important, we'll get a a linear complete version of it. Yeah. So yeah. So my inner travels, as as we alluded uh, at the beginning of the show, is plate tectonics, an illustrated memoir by Margot Motin. That is M A R G A U X. M-O-T-I-N. This was uh, originally published published in French. As she is a French, a Parisian uh, cartoonist. And it is a graphic memoir of a period of her life when she is in her early 30s and just recently divorced. Uh, and she is a single mother trying to uh, deal with uh, the new realities of, of, of uh, no longer being married and it uh, it's an autobio. Um, it's it's full of heart. The, the thing about it is basically, um, visually, it looks a lot more like a comic strip, like a Sunday strip, where each page is a ton of white space, and it's almost like a, a one or two person play. Um, most most of the pages don't have panels or grids. It's just um, just her in some kind of set piece, whether it be a moving box or sitting around on her couch with a glass of wine or talking to a girlfriend or talking to her daughter or a boyfriend, what have you. It's, it's, it's that. And where the, I think where the artist, artistic wizardry comes in is the, is the use of color. She, she's very sporadic in her use of color. So when it is there, it makes an impact. And also she has a ton of fun and creativity with her lettering 
Um, there are word balloons, but the word balloons are color coded. Uh, they're handwritten and they often spill out of the word balloon for emphasis or, uh, or, or, you know, for, uh, for, to, if it's a joke for a punchline. So it's really well designed. It's got a, it's got a, it, she draws herself and, and her friends in a way that I think is most evocative of if you've ever seen, um, like a, a fashion designer, uh, sketching out with, with uh you know like a new like a new dress or a new a new piece of fashion you know what i mean like where where they where they have kind of a a a relatively attractive female figure and then uh they they use whether it be chalk or pencil to outline a colorful outfit that's kind of what it looks like visually um i mean she she draws very very beautiful people um but not like in a voluptuous way again it's 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 they're relatively she 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 conveys herself as a pretty but normal girl you know like someone that you in in real life you'd be super stoked to date but isn't like gonna be in a victoria's secret catalog um and it's just it's it's uh i think the one thing you have to when you talk about an autobio comic the one thing you have to accept is that for an autobio comic to be interesting unless the person is famous or has done some kind of astounding feat, there's got to be a little bit of self-importance, right? Where, where ultimately, if they're going to convince you to be entertained by their life, you have to accept that they think their life and some of the mundane aspects of their life are interesting. And I think that's often where autobiocomics don't connect with people, because if you just don't find ordinary life of others interesting, particularly if you feel like they're self-referential, then it's not going to work for you. And there is definitely some self-referential aspects to this, but, um, but it's very, very funny. It's, it's one of those comics where I read it and I thought, this is the kind of comic my wife would love. I mean, this is like the, like, like if there were a TV show about this, she would gobble it up. Now I can't get her to read it because she won't read comics, but like, I feel like if I could just trick her into reading this, she'd be like, oh, comics are pretty cool. Um, and it's, it's in a lot of ways, just, it, it is linear, but it's also a bunch of different vignettes. So some of the vignettes are about how she's feeling being a mom. Some are like what it's like to be single after all these years and feeling sexy. Sometimes it's like she doesn't feel sexy. Sometimes she feels like a child. Um, and, and it's just it's her journey of dealing with this new phase of her life and getting her career back on track. And um, also she has a best friend, a male, a, a, a male best friend, and then they become more than friends and. And that's a journey. And um, it's just whenever you whenever you're talking about a biocomic, it's all about the execution. I mean, there really isn't a plot, right? It's 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 just her sharing anecdotes about her life. And so the question is, can she make them funny? Can she make them touching? Can she make them poignant? And she does all three. Uh, And so I certainly came away thinking this is an interesting woman that would be fascinating to know in real life. And so I think she passes that test and I thought it was a sight to behold. Uh, I, I love the, the cleanliness of her line. Like I said, I love the use of color. And um, I was stoked to find out that she wrote another book before this when she's in her early thirties about wanting about her work as a graphic designer. So I'm guessing this is in effect a sequel to that or brought on by her divorce. Um, so I'm going to, I ordered the pre, I ordered, I guess I'm calling it a prequel. I don't know if it's really a prequel, but I ordered that because I want to read more about her life. 
So, nice. Yeah, no, you'll like it a lot, Dap. I mean, this is in that category where clearly this is not a book Vince would enjoy. At least I would be surprised if he did. It's not your kind of thing. And I would think that you would very much enjoy it, Dap. Sweet. Yeah, let's start to it. Yeah, so play tectonics. I will say, if I had one very minor disappointment, it's that the cover of the hardcover is the woman in black panties and she's all tatted up like her full body. And there's no there's no tattooing in this book. So you know, I'm a fan of the of the tats. So I, yes. I thought she was gonna be like all inked up and stuff, like and, and there's there's none of that. It's Damn. really just more about her mind and that sort of thing. But uh Who doesn't love the tattoos? Seriously, lots of people don't like the. Tattoos. Oh, I know, yeah. I know, I know. I live lots with of one. Like the full body tattoos. I, I live with one. Yeah. Speaking of, have you started uh, Ink Master Bill? Mm. I have not. Okay. I got to ask you. I haven't watched terrestrial TV uh, other than NFL playoff games in three, four weeks. Okay. Our DVR is quite full. I, I just haven't been in the mood. I've been reading a ton. Sure, yeah, no. You know, I watched I, it. I, I watched a couple of the streaming shows. I watched. Uh, I mentioned I watched Servant, which is the Apple Plus show, the yep, M Night Shyamalan Ding Dong yep, show. Yeah, yep, I feel yep. absolutely like I was robbed of of that time. Ugh. That's my fault. But say la vie. Um, I watched uh, The Witcher. Uh, I've, I'm, I'm, uh, I don't know how many episodes are in the season, but I'm, I'm up to, I think, like the fifth episode. Nice. Uh, I watched, like I said, I watched uh, the third season of Hip Hop Evolution last couple weeks ago. I, yeah, just little things. Um, Jackson and I watched Zumbo's Just Desserts season two, which is a Netflix cooking show. <laughs> so I, yeah, I haven't. I, I just got a lot of regular TV to catch up on. When are you going to start watching Project Runway with me? That'll be never. What? I'm not into high, uh, high fashion. Never have been. Oh, okay. It's fascinating to me that you are. Like I, I, like, oh, I, I l- think of something that's more anathema to you. But No, no, no. I love, yeah, yeah. yeah. I it's, love Project Runway. Because you're such a fashion plate. No, but I do appreciate... I do appreciate high fashion and the, the, the toils that go into creating it. It's just another aspect of design. Yeah, no, I guess that makes sense. And Carly Gloss's friggin' oh man, the th- <laughs> stop. The host? Yeah, yeah, Heidi. Heidi. I thought ret- the host was a like an old gray-haired dude. No, Heidi. Re- no, Heidi retired. As did Tim, and now Carly Gloss and Christian Serrano are. are I, I don't know who any of these people. Oh, Heidi Klum, you mean? So I said Heidi. Oh, did I say what, what did I you say? You said Heidi. I, I but yeah, Heidi Klum. She she okay. did it for what thirteen years. And what was Something it? Like Tim Gunn is that his name? Yeah. My man, Tim Gunn. Love him. Okay, so they're gone. They are gone. But the show persists. Nina Garcia is still there. Yeah, Brandon Maxwell. Blah blah blah. But uh, no, I I think Runway is like one of my favorite shows. It's great. It, it really is. There's a lot of drama. You watch it too, Deb. No, I just know that he it's it's he never missed. Oh, I've always he loved likes it. it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was going to say. How is Ink Master good? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just like it, it's just done. Um there it's 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 regional <laughs> this season dead. so they have things yeah. sped up but um and and every every region has one former Ink Master contestant. Um and they have 
the ones that uh, Jason is one of them who, who who's a dick and, and just tries to get under people's skin. And, and so there, and he, he was, it, this was definitely a case of, of the producers doing their magic because my man was on the chopping block and they're just like, they couldn't get rid of him. Like dude, we're not going to lose him like on the first episode. So, okay. so they, uh, and, and this year they have, um, all the judges have it. And, and this is weird. Cause I don't know. I know he comes down to being the tiebreaker at times, but I've always viewed Dave as the host and not a judge, but I'm guessing he's a judge, obviously. But uh, the judges this season for the first time can actually pardon. And and so if if someone is told to pack up their kit, then the judge can go in and and bring them back. So um, they haven't done it yet, so I'm guessing they can only do it one time. Uh, but, um, but yeah, I mean, some of the, yeah, it's the, as with anything, which is why we're, we're spoiled with, you know, British Bake Off and things like that. Cause we'll watch Top Chef, you know, this and, and, and they're kind of, you know, the way they film it and the way they try to get everybody in, like, I mean, whether it's going back years with the P-Puree and, and there's always the little, the drama or the politics and it's just like, just just do your shit. Just show me what you can make. Show me good food. It's like, there's no, it, which is why we'll watch, you know, Paul and Prue. And it's just like, listen, I made breadsticks. I made this, I made that and made the best person win. And it's not whether or not, you know, Oh, you get to switch somebody's box now and you get to pick somebody else's basket. It's like, no, just, just show me what you can do. Show me what you can do on someone's skin. Show me what you Mm -hmm. can do in the kitchen. Uh, but you know, it's, it's only, I think this week was only the third episode. So, there are a couple of people who, like the first first tattooer who left, I was bummed to see leave. Um, but there's a uh, yeah, I mean, they're still they're still kind of getting rid of the people who shouldn't have been here from jump. But what there have been some really really good pieces of ink so far in, in, nice. in the in the two episodes. So yeah. I'm 100% with you on, I know Mario is too, we talk about this sometimes with Top Chef. Like, if you're going to be a show, I don't know, like a like a Food Network star or something like that, and you want to play shenanigans, whatever, you do you, you know, it's a reality show. But if you're really, a, if a show just that's supposed to just judge uh, a craft, then it should be just about the craft. Yes. So, like, with Top Chef, like, just cook amazing meals and let the chef who has the most amazing meals advance. Yeah. And same thing with Ink Master. I like I really dislike the uh fact that now the opening challenges are almost always nothing to do with tattooing. Yeah. Oh, put all these post-its on a bus. And I know that you might say, well, it's all part of being a good artist. And I get that. Like I do, but but right, but but like stacking dominoes or or using post-its is there there's a there's a silliness to it. And a, a randomness that doesn't really indicate whether they can make beautiful art on on skin, and I just yeah. don't, I don't know. Like, I, like I don't, I don't like that. That has a direct impact on who advances. I, yep. I think that's really frustrating. So, exactly. but I'm glad to hear they have some talented anchors because some do. seasons it, that is one of those shows. I think that it some seasons is super interesting, and others it's very boring, just depending on who who's who's advancing. Meaning, just like their ink. I, I'm not talking about the personnel. I just mean like sometimes the tattooing it just doesn't seem all that special. Yep. So, 
I think Vince is off of that now, right? You don't watch him anymore? Nah. Yeah, once our girl was done, he was done. Yeah, once Ryan left. She was it. just on it again. Well, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> you don't watch Survivor, do you? I do not. And you don't either? No. Why did you sigh? That's silliness. Project Runway isn't silly, but... Sorry. No, Project Runway is definitely not silly. Oh, it's right. art, my man. Well, they're doing a uh, they're doing a season where they're having 20 former winners all on the season together. Yikes. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be dope. Look at us talking reality show TV. Funny thing is, too, is there's nothing realistic about any of these shows. No, of course not. No, yeah. Which is kind of sad. Do you watch Say Yes to the Dress, too, Vince? Possibly. (laughs) I'm a bachelor. No, get out of here. Oh, I'm (laughs) out of here with that mess. Okay. Again, I don't understand why one would be silly, but the others wouldn't. But Because one is art and one is kind of stupidity. Who cares about the relationship between these two characters? But the the characters, I'm not getting into it. I, I watch Say Yes to the Dress, too. My daughter loves it. So there's a component of it that is me spending time with my daughter. Yeah. Yes. I totally get that. Yeah. But uh, that well, makes sense. I, I, I do enjoy the, the, the show. Yeah. You say yes to yes to the dress. Hell yeah. You're going to say yes to the dress? I say yes to the dress. I've it's a moment. It's show. a moment, man. This girl has found the thing, or, or guy has found the thing that is going to make their. Descent into the madness of marriage, the you know their day. So they, they got it. It's great, you know. Whatever, whatever. There's oh, a lot sure. of drama. There's a lot of drama. Yeah, that I don't yeah. understand. It's only another day in your life. But Nina loves it. So who am I to begrudge? Right. That's right. For some reason, uh, this is a little behind the scenes. Um, for some reason, Dap, the uh, tags aren't saving on the website. Really? Yeah, it it happens all the freaking time. Put the tags in the in the in the block. Hit enter because the last tag doesn't take. It floats. You have to hit enter and it takes. And then I hit save draft and it never saves the tags. Never. And it's PC, it's Mac, it's Linux, whatever. It just does, it's not operation, uh, operating system based. It's just this wonky little tag function does not work. But you listeners at home don't care about that, do you? No, you don't. All you care about is comics. And we were more than happy to provide some, some talk about comics to you. I told you where to go if you want more of this. Um, in the meantime, you got to say goodnight. David. Good night. Silence. David. I know him. You did a wonderful job. Yeah. Oh, thanks. So go have fun with Mm -hmm. the people you love. Go read some comics. We'll be back soon with the book of the month. month. Yeah. Get yourself some ecstatics red, yo. That's an entirely fitting static. That's an entirely fitting description for that book. Yo. Yo. It's definitely of that period. That is true.
take it. All right, we're out of here. Come back soon. We love you so much. Say good night, gentlemen. Good night, gentlemen. Good night, gentlemen.